This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin. And I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. How was your weekend? Good. Gardening, planted some zucchini, um, and just really did not very much at all. How about you? Kites on the beach was the best bit. Aramoana. Nice. With a three-year-old. Perfect. <laughs> That's pretty much dream life, isn't it? And who are we introducing today? It is my great pleasure to introduce someone who I think is probably the funniest person in the whole of New Zealand, um, my opinion, uh, Mr Lee Hart. Huge charity guy, TV guy, yummy chips and beer guy, (laughs) raconteur. He is one of the busiest people I've ever seen, like in the public eye anyway. Lee, it is a great honour to have you on our show today and thanks for joining us. (laughs) Kia <laughs> ora guys, that's a fantastic bit It's a charity bit, I told you to say that, uh, that that's, that's the first funny part Anyway <laughs> Great great to be on the show, how are you going? Very well, where are you Lee? Um, I'm, I'm in Auckland In my bedroom I won't, show, I won't show you all of it Because it's, you know, that's fine That's why I'm kind of here But no, um, I'm in Auckland in lockdown of course Level 3 Hoping to go down a level here and there but who knows, you know, it's, it's, I, I wouldn't say I, I enjoy lockdown, but in strange kind of ways I do. I love being with the kids the whole time, but I'd love to go to have a beer somewhere with someone, you know what I mean? So we've been asking people how their bubble life was, and of course now we've had more than one bubble. I suppose in Auckland you've had several goes at bubbles. How was the first experience yeah. of bubble life? Are you talking about last year or this year? Yeah, last year. Oh, yeah, last year was fantastic, actually, because I was up in Mangawai and we did a TV show based on the whole fact that we were in lockdown, which the kids hated. They were like 13 and 14 and they had to film the whole thing. And that was a huge effort for them you know, and using the Wi-Fi to send it. But it was a great experience. This one's a bit different because we're in Auckland and... Oh, God, uh, I don't know how serious a show this is, but, you know, I've literally gone through a breakup with my partner, but we're still in, because of lockdown, we're actually all living together, if I'm saying, with the kids. So, again, I'm going to say it's been fantastic because it's it's been really good. And and bar a few, you know, you know, a few little issue moments, it's been actually fantastic. And I, would, I wouldn't have changed a thing. The TV show in lockdown last year, how did that come about? Well, I was literally heading up to Mangawai, a bit like when you know it's happening, that we knew we are going to go to lockdown. I literally rang TVNZ up and said, okay, I'm going to be stuck up there. Do you want a show or not? You've got to tell me in half an hour, <laughs> if you know what I mean. You, you literally have to tell me because otherwise it's not going to happen. And to their credit, um, they said, yeah, okay, let's do it. You know, I, don't, I didn't care about the money. I didn't care about where it was gonna, the funding was coming from. And after that, of course, other people were applying for New Zealand and Air funding for shows. And the problem was those shows were going on a week into the last week of lockdown. It's, not, it's too late. You just, got to, you just got to strike and do it, you know. Did you have a, a vision from the outset of what you were trying to achieve? 
nein. <laughs> no, no. Just, just do something that was kind of interesting and maybe amusing. Hopefully, I think it was subtitled "Connect the Country" or something like that. Was did, yeah. Did you have oh, a feeling that that was a thing that would be helpful? Definitely. I, I actually felt that for once I didn't want to look back on this in five years' time on this historic lockdown thing and just say I didn't do anything, if you know what I mean, or not not as in make a difference or change anything, but, you know, it was, it's, it's a historic moment. I wanted to be not just sitting in the house eating toast, if you know what I mean. There needed to be something, um, you know, and it was really just recycling footage, but that no, was good. It was good. You had the advantage of having a large back catalogue which you put together in the the best ever way on Moonflex. Yeah. Must well, make it easy to sort of like to to tell TVNZ you've got an idea for a programme, you're not really sure what it is, but you know that there's this stuff that can come onto it. It certainly makes it easier when you, you are going to do a recycling kind of thing, really. Um, all you have to do is do the links between, you know, and quite frankly, if I was going to do a new TV show now, it's, it's quite ominous. It's, it's quite sort of, um, what are you going to do? You think about the past and do I repeat stuff or do I just make a, you know, like a, a compilation of stuff? And how daring will you be? Do you do a drama? Do you do a total, you know, rom-com? Do you do something different? I don't know. It's very easy to just recycle your own crap, I suppose. And and in and, and those circumstances, it, it fitted the bill. But this year, I still need to do a TV show for TVNZ, and I don't know what it's going to be. So I'm, I'm actually open to ideas at the moment. Have you asked the kids? Yeah, I've asked the kids, and they said, don't do anything. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> as, they, as they do with everything, but... Um, no, but if you get asked, if you get asked the country, they'll probably say don't do anything as well. But who knows? You got to challenge yourself. And I've always thought about doing like a maybe like a New Zealand Star Trek-based kind of thing. You know, we we're in space, Kiwis in space, with Venetian blinds in, in, in the Enterprise instead of just normal windows. I don't know, weird kind of stuff like that. Yeah. Or the Hermit Kingdom. Yeah, totally. Hermit Kingdom in space. Yeah. <laughs> Put space on anything, it just gives it some sort of gravitas for some reason. Whoever would have thought that New Zealand would have a space program? <laughs> well, they do now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're up there. Let's take the first of your music selections. Let's have the Beatles' a Ticket to Ride. Why this oh, one? Really? Why this one? Look, I don't know. Um, I'm going to give my age away, but I was born in 1970. The same year the Beatles probably broke up, but I grew up with the Beatles. My parents were into them. The chunky drums and the guitar on this, the, the chunkiness, the simplicity, it's why I got into music, I think, this song. Right by me. 
how you describe your your style your your brand i would describe it as something that in a strange way mixes authentic and absurdity yeah it's, it's really weird i suppose I've, I've come back to the other room now to get better audio um i think one of the most annoying things and i'm not talking about your question just then is how um i suppose new zealanders always have to constantly work out what comedy is or where it came from etc i don't know and i don't i never people go you must have learned that from this kiwi comedian and this comedian i didn't live in new zealand until i was 11. i grew up in peru and different countries and my, my father was from the west coast you can't get any more kiwi than that yet i wasn't i didn't, I didn't even know what rugby was till i was about 10. yet i would still say i've got a kiwi humor but people put too much emphasis on what that is or what it isn't. I, I would say it's a UK humour or, or a sort of a self-deprecating British comedy in many ways. But it's really hard to define. And and by the way, it's, a lot of people say it's not funny. So that's not comedy anyway. So who knows? It's, it's too hard to... I don't know. I always, I've always struggled when people go, especially that there's like a documentary on comedy, this happened and this happened. No, it didn't. It never happens that way. Same as music. Nothing happens in that way. It's always the funniest people I've met are not on TV. They're working on building sites. They were working on the Channel Tunnel when I was there. They're doing normal jobs. They're the funniest people. But for some reason, they don't have a vehicle or, you know, to, to put it on screen. It's always the dickheads that are on TV, if you know what I'm saying. The reason I wanted to describe it as that authentic and absurd is not to not not to dissect it in a comedy perspective, but it's really. I mean, we we see the same approach that you've got. I think in the same approach in the in the chip packets that it's yeah. it's sort of like I said, it's a play on that kind of authenticness, but it's also as it says, yeah. there isn't a true word on the packet. Totally. So yeah, you're right there. So basically, it's it's great. Yeah, that's a good point. It's basically taking something normal and then twisting it. So it's very easy to do um, TV spoofs. So you get a, a TV cop show, turn it into speedo cops. They've got they've got speedos on the whole time, and they're pulling people over and talking about stuff. You don't you don't you don't try and make gags. The fact that they've got speedos on is enough. Um, you do a any kind of show. You just have to twist it slightly. Likewise with the chips, the more serious it looks, and then it's and then you twist it like you know we we started the beer brand or the chip brand in 1776. Did you really? <laughs> New Zealand wasn't even you know a place then. You know what I mean? But that's the point. Oh, you picked that up, did you? You know New Zealand's oldest chip company, 1776. That, but if you just made wacky gags and sort of sort of a cartoony kind of packaging, it wouldn't work. You have to go to the what people expect, make it very traditional, and then twist it, if you know what I'm saying. Basically, it's like sitting at a barbecue. If you're going to take the piss out of someone, you've got to do it just subtly enough that they're not quite sure if you're what you're doing. You can't just, you know, put a clown hat on and run around. You have to, you have to be very subtle, I suppose. Yeah. When we're living in a time that's so surreal, you know, perhaps we're living in an episode of Black Mirror, yeah. Does that make it even hard? Does that make it harder though to do to do things that are surreal when everything already is surreal? Mm, I, I, I don't think so because there's so many other people 
trying to do the anti-surreal, surreal, surreal stuff. And it just, again, it becomes so complicated. Just do what you do. It's your friend. It's, it's three or four people in your bubble, so to speak, regardless of COVID. If they think it's funny, it might be funny. Don't, it, don't try and impress more than 30 people. You'll never get it right. You're always chasing something. Honestly, just go with your instincts, I suppose. How did you come about being a beer and chip baron? <laughs> um, yeah, good question. Okay, well, I started with the beer, and I was literally... So we've always had a very small production company that was making TV shows, main TV, and late night big breakfast, this kind of stuff. And I was literally sitting there one day, it might be quite funny to do a beer brand, um, mainly because the Wellington Sevens, they would have all these characters dressed up. There'd be 100 people dressed up as Speedo Cops, people dressed up as Hamster Man character from main TV, whatever. The point is... And that was great. I mean, it's, it's very sort of, you know, it's great for your ego and stuff. I thought, without cashing in on that financially, I was thinking, wouldn't it be great to sort of come up with something that you could, I don't know, sort of take all that and just sort of take it through until you do a next TV show. So I thought, maybe just do a beer brand. So I just came up with the name Wacky Changi, which was um, from an old sports campaign story from the Waikato River. I was standing there going, the old Wacker, the old Wacker Tumbi, the old Wacker Chang Chang. Wacky Changi. And all of a sudden, you know, so I, I said, I'm going to do a beer brand called Wacky Changi on a Facebook post. And it just went ballistic. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to do it now. <laughs> so it's one of those things where you challenge it. I didn't actually mean on doing it. And all of a sudden, I had to do it. So I ended up running up a brewery and they said, okay, we can make the beer. And there was, and one, one thing led to another and it became quite a sort of a you know, half decent sort of brand, I suppose. And off that, uh, between two kind of things, I was thinking, well, maybe we could do some chips off off the beer and then snack it, Changi. But now uh, I'm at the stage of, you know, are we jumping the shark kind of thing? So, you know, he's <laughs> got to know when to, know when to quit, I suppose, you know. But the spin-off says it's the perfect chip. The reason it's worked is because the chips are so damn good. <laughs> so Griffins makes makes the chips, right? So we had great branding. I'd argue we had great branding. People noticed it, but that would have that would have lasted a week had the chips not been so good. You know, we we got people to taste the chips. They're very good. So I can't take credit for that part of it because I don't have a chip, you know, manufacturing part in my house here. But honestly, they're, they're very good. Um, so there might be some other things on the horizon, but in the meantime, the chips are going gangbusters, um, and I'm so proud of that in, in a sense only because i've i've only contributed a small part to it you know just the branding and the the attitude i suppose but as i say the chips themselves are very good the beer likewise um mccashin's brewery makes that down nelson i'm very proud of the association what i do but they make the beer you know what i mean it's not me did you have meetings like you would imagine sitting around with marketing people were you having to say, no, really, we're going to put a flying guinea pig with tusks on the cover. No, really, that, that, that is what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, the, the, give you an idea of the first Naki Changi meeting, which was the Griffins one. So, and there are Griffins, they make chips, and I'm in the meeting, there's about six people there, and I was a little underprepared, and they said, okay, um, so what sort of chips are we doing here? Are they beer-flavoured, wacky-changy beer-flavoured. My God, that sounds disgusting. What the hell? Why would, we, why would we do that? And I said, what's your top three selling flavours? They said, salt and vinegar, salted, and um, barbecue or something. So I said, well, let's do those, all right? So that made common sense. And they said, what, what kind of chip do you want to do? And this is, I was really underprepared. And, and I said, well, um, oh my God, what do you do now? They said, well, we do a crinkle cap, we do a, a thick chip, we do a kettle fry. And I said, well, can we do all that in the one chip? And it's so funny because they all looked around the room as if it's never been thought of before. And this 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 guy went, oh, my God, can we do that? Yes, we can. And, and that was it. So I was just winging it. And that's what they did. And that's how it turned out. So sometimes knowing less is the best skill you can have. You know, ask questions, don't dictate 
I just didn't. What, what do you do now? You know? Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui, kia koutou, koutou, wow. I hope you're all having a best day, beautiful superstars and your beloved universals. I really hope, wherever you are, whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together, proving to be very rewarding, sustaining. Huge day. The triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique, making it better. Thank you. Now, I know that for all of us over the last more than a year, we've had such a challenging time. And it's so important that we're compassionate to ourselves and as we navigate this new reality that we're sharing. And of course, while we are navigating this new shared reality, we're also navigating our own individual realities. And this ability that we have to move between the two is so impressive and deserves to be admired and applauded at every turn. As we navigate our individual reality, of course, at times it can feel perhaps that we are not doing the things that we would like to be able to do. And here I am, and here is my voice to say, be kind to yourself. Acknowledge that you're doing the best that you can, and acknowledge that what you are doing is wonderful, so impressive, is perfect, even if it doesn't feel that way to you. I know that quite often we can compare ourselves to others, we can compare ourselves to notions in our mind, visions of how we'd like this to be for ourselves. We can compare ourselves to an idealised vision of us. And for so many reasons, this is not helpful. Really, everything that we're doing is so brave. Really, everything is so precious. Really, everything is so deserving of love and appreciation because we are doing it. And if we weren't doing it, no one else would be or could be. We are bringing the new into this lucky universe. Lucky us that we can every day. We are giving life to something new. And only we can do this. And in the process of this, when we bring the new into the world, those around us can appreciate and benefit from it. And they would not be able to without us. So I hope that you feel very proud of everything that you're doing. I hope that you feel reassured and I hope that you're unburdened. I hope that you feel enlivened and buoyed up, lifted up to acknowledge your own work, your own effort. I know for me being part of this show has been immeasurably helpful and I want to thank Sam and the whole Bloom Bob and for all of you. Thank you. It's wonderful to hear everybody's stories, everybody's journeying together from all over the world. How wonderful that we can share this time and space together. Think that we are mean that we're helping each other. Whether consciously or unconsciously, we're helping each other. So I really hope for you today you have the opportunity to take a little bit of a step back and just appreciate the great work that you're doing. Whether or not it lives up to something in your mind you've created. Whether or not you expected to do it or you envision that you would do it. Maybe it's this glorious surprise. Maybe you are a glorious surprise in everything that you do. It's something that you can create outside of any parameters. I applaud you. I encourage you. I thank you. I believe in you. Believe in us all. I think this is who we are. This is what we do. I'm so great. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kokite. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Lee Hart. Lee, you've obviously got an incredible imagination, and um, and I wondered, do you do you know where your imagination come from, and are you sort of imparting that on your own children? Um, I certainly. Well, thank you for saying I've got a great imag- imagination. That's that's great, but um, I think everybody has a great imagination. I think it's more of a fact of maybe um, you know. It's the implementing part, maybe. And I've been lucky enough to have vehicles to throw stupid ideas into. Um, I don't know where it came from. If if, 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 if there's such a thing, of, of course, it would have been my parents. But what I do see, answer your second question, is uh, my kids. I've got two kids, um, 16 and, and 13, boy, girl. And they're both very... Um, imaginative I suppose and um, uh, hopefully my son's not listening to this but my daughter who's 13 she's certainly got a great imagination and I can see so much of me in her 
I'm not sure if I, I'm imparting it to her. I like to think I am. We've got this kind of weird connection where, you know, I'll wake her up every morning, I'll, I'll go into her room and I'll have a different name for her, you know, and I've got to think of it before I walk in the door. I just think, you know, get a chemise, get a shimonga, you know, every day is a different name. And if I get it wrong every day, if, if I don't have a, a different name, she'll pick up on it. You know, well, there's a new name. So this 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 kind of thing, you know, and she's fantastic. She's very, what's the word for it? She can tell if you're upset. She can tell if you're down. She, uh, it's incredible. And I'm a hope that comes from me. I don't know. Um, as I say, my son also has great imagination, but it's different because that's it, 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 more testosterone based. But yeah, I don't know. I think we all have great imaginations and maybe some of us, don't, and it's not, I'm not saying have the balls, but maybe have the means or the balls to sometimes chuck it out there, um, you know, you know, at the, at the risk of the ridicule, I suppose. But, yeah, we've all got imaginations. Is that resilience, that, that ability to just say, right, to hell with it, I'm just going to do it, is that a thing that's teachable, do you think? Or is it I who you so. are as a person? Yeah, I think so. I think it is because... Um, I was talking about this yesterday with someone about you know, the whole Thomas Edison approach of, you know, 99 things that didn't work, but one does. You've got to do it. You've got to give it a crack. And I remember coming up with my own analogy of, you know, people used to say, let's cross that bridge when we get to it. I used to say, well, let's blow that bridge up when we get to it. Just, just go for it. Don't worry about it. You know, so just honestly, what's the worst that can happen? And I ended up... Um, my first foray, I suppose, into all this crap we're doing now was playing in a band. And, you know, ego was bigger than talent. And I wanted to be the, the next big band. We were Christchurch-based, but we wanted to go overseas. So we went to Edinburgh, went to France, went to jail, got went to prison, <laughs> whatever. The whole point was, if I didn't do the band thing, and I knew there's only 5% chance we were going to make it. But if I didn't do it when I was 40 years old, that 5% chance that I didn't do would have eaten me up forever. So I knew we weren't going to make it, but I just needed to scratch that itch, get get rid of it, just do it, just have a crack. Then you can park it, you don't have any regrets. So you're not. it's not about doing things and achieving things, it's actually getting rid of your regrets that you may have if you don't do them. Because look, I knew, I was, I knew we weren't we were going to make it, but I knew I'd still have regrets if I hadn't tried it. And that stuff led to TV and, and so forth, whatever. The point is, you just got to give it a crack. So if I could teach anyone anything is within reason, have a go because, you know, you know you're know, a 25-year-old. You've still got 10 years to, to – I didn't even get into TV till I was 31 or something. You've still got 10 years to blow anyway. Have, have a go. Do I'm something. Never- we interviewed um, uh, someone from the Liger School recently. They're setting up a new school down in Queenstown. And uh, in the interview, he talked about teaching kids to fail, that it's okay yes. to fail. Totally. That's it. Actually, that's you just said it then, is what I was trying to say in, in, in the last 10 minutes of rant, is you have to fail, not teach them to fail. You have you have to fail to to achieve. It's impossible to achieve without failing. So no one just achieves. You have to fail on the way, you know, good or bad, doesn't matter. And we have to enable our kids to be able to fail and pick themselves up. What is that? There's a, yes. a, a I can't remember who said it, but something like fall down five times, stand up six. That's it. That's the whole thing. It's, you know, there's these these are cliches for a reason. You know, it doesn't matter if it's Thomas Edison or Einstein. They all say same thing. You've got to fail to achieve. Otherwise, otherwise, someone's just given you a million bucks, you know, in an Air Force card. There you go. You haven't done anything. You have to fail. You learn about yourself. You learn about other people. Um, you learn what you can do differently. And you realize you started this company to, to start a, you know, dog food company. And somehow you ended up in this totally different company. It's got nothing to do with that. But if you hadn't started the process, it would not not have happened. It's it's so simple. In fact, we should have you know a university degree in failure. 
you, you should have that that should be a thing where you go i'm what did you what what you do at canterbury i studied failure honestly that would be more you know more productive than half the degrees lee the theme of our show is positive but not deluded we want to maintain okay. we want to maintain that positive um mindset but that's not happy clappy that we want people to have a sort of a, yeah. a an aware critical awareness are you testing that not being deluded maybe maybe not deliberately testing it but but maybe we do need to be a bit deluded i think it's common sense always needs to be there and yeah, when when you say cliches we, we've we've run run over a few in the last couple of minutes but there's other cliches as well. Don't suffer fools. Don't do this. Don't look. Don't be deluded. But at the same time, be ambitious. You know, it doesn't mean doesn't mean you can't be smart about it, or or morally cool. Don't jerk people over to get your goals. Um, you know, we we can be incredibly ambitious and have all these goals we talked about. But at the same time, you've got to be practical as well. You know. Um, listen to people and as I say um, don't be deluded you've got to be intelligent not intelligent is not the word Um, you've got to be not street smart what's worth smart I'm trying to take the word intelligence out of it because there's no intelligence means nothing I'm talking about you can have ambition but ambition needs to marry up with uh, a moral compass and um, maybe a bit of gut instinct and down the track a bit of experience but really all those things you can interchange you know what I mean as long as you've got a good moral compass ambition you'll get there that's the main thing let's squeeze in the second of your music choices let's have tumbling dice not rolling stones Linda oh, Ronstad really? why this one I'll tell you why because um I love the Stones, I love the Beatles more so, but this version I saw on YouTube recently and she's fantastic, she's got an incredible voice. She's got Parkinson's disease now, so she can't sing or anything now. But that's nothing to do with it really. But um, I just love it, it's just a good vibe and it just goes to show a good song can be transferred to any artist and it's still a good song.
Lee, we've seen lots of changes in society over the the last couple of years. It's kind of scary that a couple of years has rolled past. What do you think is going to stick, and perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? When you say stick, in, in, in what way? That we'll survive. That we'll, that we'll, we'll still be doing this this change in how we do stuff in the years to come. Yeah, I think um, it's a weird one when you get in this sort of, because it can get political. I was talking to a couple of mates just yesterday about this whole stuff, and what inevitably happens is the commercial, the corporate world will drive what happens anyway. You know, who needs to get vax, who doesn't. Um, so I don't want to go into the anti... Um, I'm double vaxxed, by the way, but I'm not going to make a comment on how that should work. But, uh, look, it's going to happen. You know, they had no seatbelts uh, 50 years ago. Now we've got to wear seatbelts. What's that about? I can't believe they got that through when you think about it. When we, we're trying to get people to who've got a disease to, to vax or so, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, I'm not quite sure if I'm making sense here, but my point is, it's this weird, weird world. I try to stay out of the the um, commentary on this sort of stuff. I do have views, I'll tell you right now, on certain things, but I don't know. It's it's um, unfortunately the commercial world will dictate it. If you want to go, if you want to go to rock, rock festival, you're gonna have to get vaxxed. If you if St. Luke's, they might say you got to get vaxxed. Who knows? I don't know if that was the question you're asking. Uh, it's just, uh, it's a weird one, you know. I have some questions to end the show with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Mm. <laughs> it's, oh my God, that, I wish you asked the other one. Okay, the antithesis, the, my biggest failure, I would say. Um, you know what? My biggest success is my kids. 100% because, you know, and that's a very cliche thing to say. But as I alluded to earlier, whether it's in the, in, in the thing or not, is I've just gone through a, a bit of a breakup situation, which is cool. And, you know, and, you know, we're, 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 it's all very good. What I'm most impressed about, yeah, is that um, my kids are so cool through the whole thing and we're still we're just, it's amazing. So my greatest success is my kids. I don't care about anything else. TV, nothing. It's all just stuff. And they're so resilient, so good. And um, they've got my back. So, yeah, definitely them. They've got to be, you know. And there might be other stuff I can't even think of. But honestly, it's got to be them. The kids doing all right being away from school for so long? Yes. I, you know, they've both got different schools. Uh, my daughter, her school is so good. They've got like classes every day, and she's like still working at five thirty. We're walking around trying to, you know, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Sam, Sammy, my boy, his school is like he's full of shit. He's going, yeah, look, uh, I'm ten thirty. He only got up at nine thirty. I've done it all by ten thirty. Now I don't have to do that class. It's the other group or whatever. You know, it's just absolute uh, bullshit. I was, yeah, my daughter's on the computer every day, doing the stuff and whatever. But they're different. They're amazing. So he's more like me at school. As I say, I had the caning record at, at Christ College. I had 46 strokes on the ass in one term. And that's like, a, there was a record of a 100-year record. So, but, so fair is that this, you know, she's diligent, whatever. But no, um, that's my success, I think, is that somehow... Through all the carnage, through all the ridiculousness, all the all the silly shows you've mentioned, they've somehow come out of it as the most sane people I've ever met. You know, we are writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's your superpower? <laughs> God, you check them. My superpower is probably. Um, ambivalence or, or maybe um just no i think my superpower is i i i i love everyone i just want you know i don't have a filter you know no filter man filter man do you consider yourself to be an activist no more a reactivist i think i like um 
would I protest and you know, for the right thing I would, but I'm more more about. I've, my kids say to me, do you, do you have any tattoos? And I don't have tattoos because that's really cool to have tattoos. No, but my tattoos are on the inside. I, you know, my attitude's on the inside. I have strong feelings about a lot of stuff, but I don't have to push it on people, but I'm very proactive on stuff, you know. I'm very, um, yeah, it's not a superhero thing, but trust me, once you know me, you know me, and um, that's all to it. I don't change, you know. I don't change with, with stuff. What you see is what you get. So that what you see what is I... what you get, man. That's me. <laughs> so that 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 was it. That guy bumbling around, pulling the blind off in a press conference. That was you. That was me. Exaggerated version of me. So everything you see on TV is me, because I'm not that good an actor, right? So. What you see is a slightly exaggerated version of me. What you see is at home is normal, and then slightly this. What, what I don't change that. So between my friends, you know, they think, you know, that's what I am. I don't change, but I'm not walking around the house pulling the blinds down. And I'm saying, you know, uh, I don't have blinds for for a start, but you know, that, that's the thing. <laughs> so, so what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? I'm actually in the bed at the, <laughs> my bed at the moment, so um, not much. Um, I don't know. I think um, I'm allowed to say my age on the show or not? Um, I'm well, it's exactly the same now, as mine, so, so you can say it all you like. Yeah. So, look, not much gets me out of bed. It's, 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 I wake up early anyway, so I, I, I get out of bed. But in the, in the bed sense, yeah, right, I don't care about anything else now other than um kids and it's really weird because i don't know uh, such a weird thing to say stupid thing to say is making a difference right but i don't know how i don't know how i'm going to do it yet i i want to i want to do something i want to start something and i don't know what it is yet so it's really weird to even mention it but i just i'm just sick of the same old shit to be honest Something has to change. Um, that doesn't get me out of bed, but it, it makes me think. Um, I don't know. I think we've all got to do something a little bit more than we're doing somehow. You know what I mean? Um, hopefully. So you might n- not be sure of what it is yet, but what is the biggest challenge or opportunity that you're looking forward to in the next year? Next year? Um, I know I've got to make some TV shows for TMNZ, but that's not even a challenge, you know what I mean? That that will be what it is, and I don't really care about that. Um, and the beer and all the other stuff, I don't really care about that either. It's the challenge is it's kind of weird that you've actually asked me this on this particular day. Is bigger picture, you know? As I say, um, without going into too much detail, you know, I've gone through a bit of a separation sort of stuff. So my challenge is actually making a really amazing productive year on the back of that, you know, with the kids and maybe doing some cool stuff that is um, more sort of related to a third party sort of stuff, you know, as opposed to your your own life. Like I keep mentioning charity, whatever, but (laughs) unless you're doing charity, you should stop talking about it. But, I, I want to do something other than what I'm doing, if, if you know what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm, I'm open to suggestions, if that makes any sense. Um, but everything else is taken along totally fine. I've got no problems with that. I don't have any challenges. I don't want to make a rock album. I don't want to, I don't want to make a, uh, a movie. I don't want to write a book. I just want to do something a little bit, a little bit more, um, I don't know, more legacy-based, if that makes, without sounding too much of a too much of an idiot I don't know doesn't sound like an idiot and finally do you have any advice for our listeners no no <laughs> no um, I would say keep listening um, no look I, I will go back to the blowing, blowing up the bridges you have nothing to lose by giving something a crack do it because you'll never ever fail by trying hard, and I'm, I'm going to bring as many cliches as I can, just do it. And like, I, I remember 
like um, there was these TV jobs that came up and I was fatting with these people that were also trying to get into TV when I was doing it. And I was busy as hell, yet this job came through to our flat and this guy went, no, I can't do that because I'm doing this, whatever. And I was flat out. He wasn't doing anything. I said, I'll do it. I just said, yes. Just say yes. Worry about it later. How are you going to do it? Say yes. Solve, solve it later. You'll find a way. And even if you don't so find a way, you've endeared yourself to the people anyway. Just say yes to everything that comes your way. Worry about it later. As I said, blow the bridge up later. Do it. You know, and then you can start pull back and then you can start saying no once you've said yes. And, you know, oh, I, I can't sing. I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm, I'm too shy. Say yes. Do it. Worry about it later. Thank you for that. Mawera. That is such good advice, uh, Lee. My little boy, Jack, he's 11. That was my advice to him at the beginning of this year when he started Intermediate. Say yes to absolutely everything <laughs> except drugs. Don't say yes to drugs, but yes to everything <laughs> else. And because of that, he ended up um, becoming competitive in mountain biking and, and having all sorts of incredible adventures because he just said yes. Exactly. And then we figured yes. the rest of it out later. And, and, yeah. and you know, the, the 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 detail can be dealt with later. You know, we get this contract from Japan, from Korea, or, you know, or something for the beer or something. Just oh, sort sort it out later. Yeah. Or as you say, you know, a, a swimming lesson, whatever. Just say yes. Just do it. Doesn't matter how big or small. Just say yes because the attitude, the kids' brains will just adapt to having a glasses half full approach as, as opposed to a glasses half empty approach. Another cliche, but it's so true. It's Just so true. do it. Yeah. Um, I think there's a TV show out there called uh, The Incredible Adventures of No Filter Man. So that's my idea for you. Uh, oh, a TV yeah. show about stating the obvious would be absolutely awesome. That's a great idea. It's a great idea. It's positive as well. Yeah. And hey, Lee, thank you very much for your wisdom. Um, this has been a really lovely show, actually, just to hear real-life wisdom from someone who has committed the better part of his life to entertaining and um, and just sharing the way that you do. Thank you very, very much for joining us today. No, no problem at all, and thank you for having me. Um, it's great to be here, great to be on the show, and, um, yeah, good stuff. Really thank you, Lee.
Conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is The Dramatics. I'm Samuel Mann and so is Bay Dunedin with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani and we have been joined by Lee Hart in Auckland. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.